0: So who runs the world, right? Girls. Um, Girls, does God run the world? By the way, the image in my mind is that if God was a person, he would be like running on a globe and the globe would be spinning. Like when you ask this (laughs) question, who run the world? Like. um,
1: We are God's treadmill.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Yes.
2: Welcome to episode 185 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft-brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the reverends Brian Burkoff, Shannon Weston, and Ogan Holder address and engage what's happening through a
1: theological lens and, of course, with a good brew in hand. And that good brew could be in one of our very own Pub Theology Life pint glasses. Simply donate $25 or more to NoKidHungry.org, a national organization that's helping to feed struggling families during this pandemic. And send us a DM with proof of your donation along with your address, and we will ship one of these pint glasses to you for free. That's $25 or more to NoKidHungry.org. And we thank you.
0: This week we'll be talking about who runs the world. Girls! Girls. Fate versus free will. (laughs) And what you'd be willing to pay or give up for a COVID vaccine. So, what are we drinking today? Who wants to start? Ogun, you want to start?
1: Favorite winter warmer to uh, help me get through uh, Snowmageddon. Mm. (laughs) East Coast Snowmageddon-ish. Because it wasn't really quite as much as they said it would be. Snowmageddon-ish. by a flying dog, winter warmer. Nice. Ale brewed with cardamom, vanilla bean, and cocoa.
0: I need to put that on the list. I really do love that one. So
1: tasty. That sounds amazing.
0: Brian, I'm going to let you go last because yours is the big reveal. Um, and mine <laughs> is actually really not exciting. Um, we have had a snow snow days. We are in our third snow day. Um, and so I am at the bottom of the barrel for the beer. Uh, <laughs> So um I am drinking although technically a craft brew I still don't consider it um a Sam Adams cold snap all right which actually isn't bad if you haven't had it um it's pretty good it's my it's usually my winter uh football beer but you know I'm drinking it today so Mr Wednesday. the last <laughs> it's the last
2: football week of the season so
0: I know it's the saddest day of the year
2: go for it yes so it is February. Woohoo! survived dry january i should have had something more exciting but i'm kind of easing my way back in so i've just got uh sierra nevada pale ale nothing fancy you know but i got meetings and work after this good good old good
1: old faithful i'm gonna go with a basic good old faithful i mean was uh, we were discussing the pre-show was january really enough time for you to dry out it was. Listen,
0: <laughs> it was more 31 than one days.
1: <laughs> Thirty one. days. I was gonna
0: say it's the longest month, you know. I, yeah, I know,
1: man, but months. but post this January was kind of like two months. Post yeah. your campaign adventures. Uh, the the alcohol ran deep, so I just mm. I don't know. I <laughs> might have needed some more time. I think a month was
2: was good, and and okay. it was definitely I recommend it if you've not done it before, and you're a regular drinker. It it just was good for me to. To just go for you know four plus weeks uh, without it.
0: Yep, I've done it before. It's a good thing. I've done three months. It's the longest kind of I've intentionally done it. yo Well, Pregnancy. let's not get carried away. Pregnancies, I went you know nine to ten months, and then yeah, I was right. just too tired to drink. So then you <laughs> <Right>. know. <laughs> so I've got a while, but you know. Yeah. Um, all right, one month in how does twenty twenty one compare to twenty twenty two? Now we're not comparing January's to January's, right? Because twenty twenty January was definitely better.
2: (laughs) Right. That's right. There was no pandemic last January. (laughs) Well, technically there was. We just didn't know about it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. We were still blissfully ignorant.
0: We got to we got to stick our head in the sand. So one month in I don't
1: know about blissfully, but we were definitely ignorant. (laughs)
0: I feel like January, 2021, um, somebody posted this on Facebook. This was my favorite it was like January, 2021 was like, um, last time on J- on 2020, right? Like,
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Right. Like it was like the preview of what happened in the last year combined into one month.
2: Like- yeah. It was like season two of 2020.
0: Right, (laughs) the beginning, right? Just the beginning where they show you what happened last time.
1: (laughs) Man, Uh, nothing. I mean, seriously, has anything different happened for anybody? It is.
0: The difference to me is that there is, okay, there's two major differences for me. And that is um, they both have to do with a hope for the future, that I did not have the majority of 2020, right? that going into 2021, there is a real vaccine getting in people's arms that is successful trials and good news and blah, 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 blah. And that makes me very hopeful. Um, And then there's the new administration and the new, you know, politically, there's a little more (sighs) exhaling.
2: A little more normalcy.
0: (laughs) Right. I'm not saying everything's done, everything's fixed, in either one of those cases, right? I'm saying that I have hope. And I didn't have that, I really didn't have that a lot of 2020.
1: See, every time time something rolls out to give me hope, then right on the tail of that is something that takes that hope away. We've got vaccines, the rollout is abysmal, you know? Or, turns out we didn't have as many as we thought we did, you know? that sort of thing there's always there's all so i i keep my expectations like i'm not saying i don't have hope but i keep them very very low to almost a place of just like you know yeah this is what it is i'm not even going to get excited either either way so like you know all through last year it was like you know yes at some point they're going to have a vaccine we'll be okay but for right now. Yeah, I
0: wasn't there. We, like we, I was not convinced. Seriously. I no, like I was not convinced that they would have it that quickly. Mm. Um because we like we've had coronaviruses for years, right? It's a manifestation of the common cold and we don't have a cure for that. Like I was not convinced that they would be able to pull this out as quickly as they did. I really wasn't.
1: I I think I think I was because of you know, when they when they first, I guess, broke down the novel virus and talked about what it was, it was very clear from the beginning they could synthesize a vaccine. So it I wasn't worried about that. You know, it was always the whole like because my understanding is like from February, wasn't it like in February they had already, you know, broken this thing down, developed the the, well, didn't the, like the idea for the computer- vaccine and it was just all about testing. Right. That was the bulk of last year was the time it took to test this um, in a way that made us realize, okay, we can we can give these to masses of people. But it was a relatively quick um, uh, breakdown of the of the virus and the synthesizing the vaccine. Now, uh, you know, time will still tell as to the overall efficacy of it. And, you know, then we got all these new variants. Oh, we got a vaccine. Up oh, There's new variants. So that's the other which, thing. That's, but the vaccine
0: you know, is working. Guess, which it seems with. to be
1: working against. Oh, right. well, well, does this mean that, you know, like with the flu every year, there's a new strain and we got to make new vaccines? Is there going to be a new strain of like, we don't know. Probably. Like probably, probably. we don't know. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know what? No, well, just going to th- keep things low.
0: I think the part of this is I think um first off you know here in Baltimore we have Johns Hopkins which is a huge research facility a medical facility and um I have several people in my congregation that work at Johns Hopkins we have many many people in our presbyterian in our area that are talking to us from infectious diseases I mean these are the people on 2020 right that are also talking to us who are who gave us very realistic expectations right when this vaccine came out that said you're not me right as a 40 year old you know um i've got a couple of check marks but fairly healthy person like you're not going to get this april may right that's that was their expectation for me um and then they said we're not going to really go back to normal till 2022 so just keep that framework and and Will we be pleasantly surprised if we go back earlier? Great, but like, they've been prepping me for that. So I wasn't as, um, I guess for me personally, I wasn't as like, oh my God, the they don't have, uh, you know, appointments for the vaccine. And like, technically I'm eligible right now in Maryland because I'm a clergy person, but like, I'm not, I, I'm looking, but first off, there aren't appointments right now, but second off, I'm probably not going to take one right now because I have 80 somethings that haven't been vaccinated yet waiting for an appointment
1: i feel by the time by the time we can make the list to be vaccinated enough other people will be that we don't need to be <laughs> that's oh but that's, i'm still no no, I'm, no 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 herd immunity will be the amount be. of eligible
2: people who are self-selecting to not take the vaccine no yeah right can be vaccinated <laughs>
0: no i will totally i will 100 be vaccinated and will never ever are say you, otherwise are but... you
1: saying you don't trust people brian mm. <laughs>
0: I'm yeah. sorry. Have you listened to this show, Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, Well, so, so, and then the other thing I listen to is the experts that say, now, the Biden, again, the Biden administration isn't going to solve everything, but new yeah. vaccines have been ordered. There is a federal, right, uh, right. initiative. Like,
1: somebody's taking it seriously. For
0: somebody's taking it Somebody's at least um, doing this, which wasn't happening before. So like, we're going to, it's going to get better. Everything's going to, and like, I couldn't have said that last year. I would, didn't, I didn't say that last year. Yeah, I'd say it's yeah, better.
2: <laughs> it's already better because we've had more days. We've had any days without Trump as president. So
0: anyway, we're right. And by the way, no such days. I mean, I personally have people who have had two vaccines that are now entering that point of having enough antibodies who are doctors and nurses and hospital staff who are just not as terrified to go home to their children and their spouses and their, you know, and aren't as terrified to do their jobs. And I, I just don't see that as a bad thing at all. Right. So
1: last year, last year, the theme was put the damn mask on already. This year it'll be get the damn vaccine already. Mm-hmm. There you go.
0: Exactly. Eventually it will. Yeah. Come summer. We'll be like, why haven't you done this? You know, but we just have to be patient until then. And oh, yeah. there you go. And Americans are so good at that. So I don't know so what the problem we're is. We're the best. <laughs> so who runs the world, right? Girls. Um, girls. Um, does God run the world? No. If so, does God take a hands on or a hands off approach to running the world? Ooh. If not, who runs the world? Girls. girls. So every
1: time I'm gonna say it. Thank every, you, Beyonce. Every, every time.
0: Um, this is interesting. Like, I, I had to kind of. I have a very theological doctrine answer. Do, doc, doc, like, doc, doctrinal? there's a word for doctrinal, doctrinal. Thank you. I kept wanting to say doctoral, and I was like, that's not right.
1: i <laughs> all put all that money to good use. Go right? for it. Right. <laughs> um. You, so you have your you have your theological
2: response and then you have your sort of lived yeah um lived experienced response right so how do those match up
0: they don't <laughs> They the what well the, the
1: answer is still no no god so,
0: let's world.
1: let the theologian speak here oh whoa whoa
0: oh i am that's so fired
2: not what the say, dude
0: and actually i Brian went to seminary
2: have... too there's three whoa three theologians here sorry
0: (laughs) brian easy there you just started drinking again
2: No, i'm already (laughs) knocking stuff off my desk
0: um actually brian you probably know more than i do about this because you grew up in the calvinist tradition and i mean i guess technically i did but you know whatever i was a girl so they didn't teach us such things um so there's this whole predestination Calvin thing yeah right? sovereignty of God the sovereignty of God where God is in charge of everything and God has a uh a, 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 from the beginning to the end of time an understanding of how everything will happen now that what where we misinterpret predestination is where like Do I go right at the stop sign or do I go left at the stop sign? God already knows, right?
2: (laughs) Watch God. You think I'm going to go right, but watch this. I'm going to turn left so quick. God never saw it coming.
0: Right. Like that's (laughs) not predestination, right? This predestination is this like from the beginning of anything to the end of anything. um, God knows. That is the wider view yeah 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 that's the wider view
2: but how do you um, how do you how does that play with sovereignty sovereignty feels to me more like the in charge of what actually the nuts and bolts of what actually happened like not a hair can fall from my head uh mm. sort of thing
1: i think i think god let go the steering wheel after the flood it's like all right start from scratch no and you guys, no one your descendants is up to you guys. I'm out. Noah, did you even put a steering wheel on this boat? I'm I'm I am out. I'm <laughs> I'm Ooh,
0: that'd be, did it have a rudder? <laughs> there you go. Let's have a conversation about whether the Ark had a rudder. Ooh, yes.
1: <laughs> or a <laughs> no. sail.
0: Or a sail. No. So well. So I live. Okay, so that's kind of the spiel run I don't see I, so to me this language is very um kingdom language right like mm. it's almost political language like does is is got a ruler um by the way the image in my mind is that if God was a person he would be like running on a globe and the globe would be spinning <laughs> like when you ask this question <laughs> you run the world <laughs> like Ooh. um so, okay, hamster, so here's
1: we are God's treadmill.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, there's episode title. Um <laughs> so the moment in Job when Job um refuses to curse God, but asks, you know, why is this all happening to me? Blah, blah, blah. And then God appears in the whirlwind, right? And are you are you the one that created? the mountains? And are you the one that knows when the goat gives birth? And are you the one that, you know, that is more of my experience of how God interacts with um, creation, right? Is that this is um, an understanding of an honoring of respect. And that, yes, I actually do think there is this omnipotent element of God knows every hair that falls from my head. That's weird to me and I don't understand it, but that's also the way I understand God is that it's incomprehensible.
2: So like after the shower, when the drain has all that hair in it, it's like, thanks God.
0: By the way, the stress of this pandemic, I've been losing quite a bit. So how how
1: does, how does does that work if the bather is bald? Well, God God knew that before the baldness. God knew that. That was a short counting the hairs on our head, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was, done with this one. God, God's great for all the bald ones because the counting goes a lot
1: quicker. There you go.
0: <laughs> so so God is active in the world. God is active through us, with us. Um, God is also a you know, loving, kind.
1: So are you saying it's, a, when you have it's a hands-on and hands-off? Doctorate, doctorate, doctorate in ministry yeah. well spent.
0: <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. Um, so I don't always love the goddess parent analogy. Yeah, right. But think about when your children were babies. Like, Yeah, we, you we, knew, we weren't
1: in control. They were in control of us.
0: It's not about that. You knew everything that was going on with them. You knew Did every time know? they were... Yes, I knew every moment they were awake. Every moment that they were asleep, I knew when they peed. I knew when they poop. I knew when yeah, she got. Yeah, but when there's
1: some moments they were crying and you didn't. When there's some moments they were crying and you didn't know why.
0: That's but, not. But that's not true. What we're talking but about.
1: you were aware of the crying. But
0: I was aware of the crying, right? right?
1: But but the point I'm trying to make is is that in in moments like that, we technically weren't in charge. We we had best guesses. We'd go through the checklist. Is the baby fed, tired, hungry? And yes, we could do something about it. But there were times when even when we exhausted the checklist and that kid's still crying, we were helpless. We were not in control. Maybe it's a good analogy then.
0: Well, I'm not talking about power and control, though. I'm talking about the intimacy. I'm talking about about that I thought the question was who's
1: running the world. Isn't that about
2: control? Yeah, well, that's but, what I'm saying. But like, the parent is running it, right? You're determining when the kid eats. You're determining
1: when the diaper gets changed. You're determining, you know, how I react to the, to the pride. Uh, the kid determines when the diaper gets changed because the kid poops in it. Yeah, but if you're not a nice I mean, parent, chicken or chicken and egg. Say, there see, but there this are is...
0: social workers that would tell you otherwise.
1: <laughs> but this is the but what I'm saying is, you know, chicken and egg, right? Who's who's in charge? Who's controlling what? Because we're the ones who. Um, you know, enact the change. We change a diaper or whatever, but we're the ones who do it as a result of something that happens out of our control. We don't tell the kid when to poop. Sure, the kid sure, poops, I, baby poops. It's not. So we are responding analogy to a thing that's that happening.
2: It's not a perfect analogy, the, the, but it's not often. <laughs> so. I mean,
1: I- so my 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 approach to this is no God. There, there's there's no entity who's running the world. There's no predestination. God's God's not, wholly not separate. Uh, I take the like the pan and was it the panentheistic mm-hmm. view? God is in everything, and everything is in God. But there's no there's no external puppet mastery pulling of strings because then then the flip side of that is then we don't have any free will, which we can talk about a little bit later, right? If God's in control, then where's where's our free will, or does God's control end with our ability to make a decision or whatever? So so I don't I don't I, I never approach this from the point of view of of when we say God running the world, inherent in that is the idea of some separateness of God. Aside from us, right. and and I don't subscribe to to that view at all. I subscribe to the view that we all of us are everything is God. It is in God, and God is in it. So there's no. It is unfolding. Um, you don't believe any in any sort of
2: God as a discrete, separate being slash no. entity that exists apart from humanity and everything else. Which might be where our views diverge. Correct.
1: Uh, I was
0: going to say that's that's our our starting point of where this difference. So Brian, uh, I mean, do you have a, you know, our traditions in this setting are, are similar in their, um, Mm. doctrine, but like, do you have a different understanding of this?
2: Yeah. I mean, I guess I I would be reticent to say God actively runs the world. So uh, to answer the question, I'd say God takes a hands-off approach that God has empowered us to be active participants in creation and that it's through us. So there's some similarities to what Ogan is saying and some to, you know, I think more where you are Shannon that God God empowers humanity to, to actively um, choose to carry out or not carry out the divine wishes for the world uh, and that that's how God chooses to interact. So I don't think God's out there causing hurricanes or snowstorms or viruses like i think all those are inherent to how the world was created and it's unfolding it's in the in terms of the natural world on its own whereas we're sort of free agent actors within that matrix
0: right so i don't believe that god punishes somebody with cancer right i also believe that cancer is some types of cancer are something that is caused by the way we've what we've done to creation and the way we've run the world, you know, kind right, of right. thing that doesn't mean that person was responsible for that and therefore are getting, you know, punished, but that's just the way. So I don't think God is some puppet master, right. Which is a little bit of the way I grew up being told God was, you yes, know, um, that, that God is separate and only separate and um chooses who to work through and how, and, it was this very confusing thing to me that, so, but um, I also find the idea that we live in this world where there is life unlike any other that we've found. And this earth that we live in lives in this perfect tilt. And without that perfect tilt, we would not exist. And, you know, there's there's things in nature and there's things in creation and there's things in science that I just kind of have to sit there and say, this isn't just about me. Like there is something way beyond. Um, What I don't understand about people that talk about, you know, God isn't in science is like, have you have you studied science? Because like, it's fascinating and it's amazing and it's wonderful. And to me, actually, it just reinforced my understanding of this greater being. For me, in a weird way,
1: God and science are one and the same. Yeah, I think right? a lot of times we, um, um, I think we've, we can... In many ways, we can say or I take the view often that that God is God is that about our existence about the universe's existence that science has yet to explain. Um, And, and you know I go back to I go when I speak about God not being a discrete thing separate from us I go back to to Jesus saying the father and I are one like I'm, i'm i'm taking that to mean what it what it says one and one and the same not different than not separate than um we are in 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 unity we teach that we we are the embodiment of the divine god is fully present at the point of each and every one of us in potential um and you know we slap human ego and personality on top of it and that's creating the whole mess that we're in but but in act but that's that's how my my theology uh sort of runs and in a way that puts the full responsibility and accountability of my existence my actions my words my presence in the world on me not uh not putting it out there on the god so you know instead of praying instead of praying to god to do something or enact something I, you know, my prayers are from the realization that I am the embodiment of God. So my prayers, what's mine to do here? What's mine to show up as God? What's how, how, how am I to be, say, act to, to bring the reality of God into the world right now, which is, which is not wholly different from, from anything you guys will say, but, but it's not me saying I'm, I am, you know, this is, this is divine will as a, you know, as something that's been thought about by
2: external to you e-
1: external right. to me and so th-
0: yeah go ahead brian
2: oh i was gonna shift this but so maybe we're not ready for that so no i
0: think we Come are on. um so let's talk about these three quotes right <laughs> which are super fun um you and i have one... different
1: ideas of what fun
0: means <laughs> <laughs> so proverbs sixteen thirty three. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Um, I feel like
1: somebody I feel like somebody said that after they like won. <laughs> they or won big at the,
2: uh, the, at the Roman <laughs> casino. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: somebody like threw it at them, you know. Um, uh second by Rosalind Smith. Our DNA determines our fate to a large degree and then uh swami do you know how to pronounce that Vivekananda Vivekananda a hebrew a uh, hindu mystic, mystic sorry not Vive- hebrew
1: definitely Vivekananda
0: not hebrew. <laughs> um therefore we see at once that there cannot be any such thing as free will the very words are a contradiction mm. so the the lot is cast everything comes from the lord our dna determines our fate and free will is a contradiction the idea
2: hmm. so we've got we've got old testament or hebrew scriptures we've got a scientist and we've got a hindu mystic uh and they all kind of this, they all I kind think, of agree with each other
1: i i think i think this is just a reflection of the idea that yeah we really don't know what the hell's going on
0: well so let's <laughs> we can so just so let's make best about- guesses all right so let me start at the second one for a second right um a year ago Derek and I did the 23 andme me like mm. the DNA test thing mm-hmm. and yep. then actually this year since then um both of us have had sisters siblings that have done the test and to see um the the comparison of those things for me it was a full-blooded sister for him it was a half sister so the 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 things are different, Um, but that was fascinating. And as I, and as I thought about this, um, there are some things, right? So we did the, not just the DNA, but the health as well. So it kind of tells you some markers. Um, Luckily, thankfully we were clear, you know, it tells you if you were um, more prone to get Alzheimer's or not in your old age or things like that. So in that, in that degree, like those kind of things, Now, even if I had that marker, that doesn't mean I would get Alzheimer's. It just means my chances are greater. Um, Like my, you know, my stepmom years ago had breast cancer and she did the test to find out whether or not there's a gene in the DNA that will tell you if you've had breast cancer, if you're more likely to have cervical cancer or not, like things like that. And those are the things where I, I do agree with this statement, right? That there are some things that are passed down to us um that that we can't help, right? That are just part of our system.
1: Well, um, to yeah. that point though, the word that's doing a lot of heavy lifting there is the word fate, right? Because even mm-hmm. if we are predisposed to, you know, some genetic genetically passed down disease, we predisposed to cancer or heart disease or high blood pressure, or whatever and let's say, you know, the disease doesn't manifest in our bodies, what we do after that is still up to us. Like we yeah. can decide how we live with the disease. We can decide what we do with our lives you- in spite of having this disease. Yes, because because not all, not all I mean, come on, there are people who've been walking around with cancer, AIDS, whatever, for like decades. Uh, You know, there are those who decide to get treated for their cancer or not treated for their cancer. Like we still we still have a say in um, in how our lives out picture. So to an extent, you know, that, you know, something like that does does make our life take a turn maybe from what we thought it would turn out to be. But but we still get a choice in what happens the so day after the diagnosis if,
0: what if that dna is talking about skin color then or how much of your ancestry gets passed down and manifest you know that sure kind of does affect fate you know it it was like-
2: certainly certainly but also what about what appears as a choice but underneath All of our sort of outward experiences are a whole lot of brain cells and DNA and genes doing a lot of work that we are not, you know, we're not conscious of or aware of that are predisposing us to choose along a path where we think there's a real choice. But in the end, our um, genetics, DNA, life experiences sort of inevitably cause us to choose something.
1: Well, again, I think. I think we just playing devil's advocate when we are devil, don't need one. Devils don't
0: need advocates. Oh, no!
1: <laughs> taking Shannon's line. Um,
0: well, yeah, just remember, you just said that. I did, by
1: the way. I did say that. Usually <laughs> I'm the one being the advocate. But I think, you know, to go back to that, to go to that Buddhist practice of mindfulness, right, when we become as we are mindful to our thoughts, as we are mindful to where our thoughts are coming from, the the, the beliefs, the past trauma, the the you know, those those uh, developmental uh, occurrences uh, when we were kids, like when we become aware of those and are mindful of those, we we have the ability to choose differently. We have the ability to do the work to unmake uh, those habitual patterns. We always have a choice. Um, I think a lot of it is becoming aware that we have a choice um, in the first place and that we're not just you know victims to the dna we're not just succumbing to you know my family has always been this way therefore i am this way too
2: yeah i i tend to agree with you and want to agree with you uh and think i do agree with you uh, though i feel Strug- like
1: <laughs> like no, you're struggling I, to agree
2: with me well- but, <laughs> I, but i feel like between scientists sort of as this quote here and i didn't bring any philosophy in here like philosophically i think there's a a a lot a large argument that free will is an illusion and not real
0: so i this is where i disagree so i can have a genetic condition that changes my life in some way my free will is how i respond to it is how like that to me is not predisposed right because in one moment, I can respond one way to it. In another moment, I can respond what, what another do, what way do we, to it.
1: We can choose what happens the day after the diagnosis.
0: Right. Or um, it's, yes, it's, it's one of those things where, um, and this has gone, I mean, I'm sure we all have stories of this kind of a thing happening from a spectrum, whether it's something that's going on in our own life or something that. Um, people trying to have children together who genetically, for whatever reason, is not working, and now because of the advancement of science, we have the technology to kind of figure that out. Like all of this, it's it's, but it's how we choose to respond. And what I don't understand about the talking about free will as a contradiction is that I, what is it then, right? What what do you call like? Do we not have freedom? Do we so, not?
1: so to Brian's point, I mean, there are so many things that play a part in how we make a decision, right? Our past, uh, implicit biases, all these things play a role that, again, if we, that many of us are unconscious about the role that they play, right? So many of us are still acting from childhood wounds and traumas that we aren't even aware that we're at. So from that perspective, yeah, um, we, we, then free will really isn't free will. We're being, we're, all these forces are having a part in our decision making processes. And they're, that's, that's not where the story ends. That I, I believe the entire work, uh, when we talk about doing spiritual work and, and, is is to and psychological work and you know those of us who who spend time in therapy and doing this stuff is taking a look at those things Mm. to realize oh look at the impact these have been playing in my decisions so now when a decision when I'm at a choice point I can stop and pause for a moment and say okay you know, where am I making this decision from? What's playing a part here? Is it, you know, is it past history? Is it a place of unforgiveness that I have not uh, taken on yet? Is, do I still have some resentment that's in, influencing my decision? There are a lot of factors at play. The ability to realize that, to kind of put, um, to 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 take those into account as we make a choice, I think that's that's what free will really is. We don't all do it, it's a lot of hard work, and it it asks of us to go look at the deepest, darkest parts of ourselves that we would rather not look at, but there it is.
2: Yeah, and it seems to me without free will or a concept of free will, any talk of responsibility or ethics or morals sort of falls out of the, you know, like all those concepts kind of fall apart, don't they? Right.
0: Yeah. And that's, I, I, you know, I'd be interested to see where that kind of quote was going. Right. And, and what the replacement, what the idea of the replacement um, would be, you know, I, I think that Proverbs, I I actually genuinely like a lot of Proverbs um, of the book, but this is a whole chapter in my very limited study on it on God being in control. Right. And I, and I do think that now more than ever, we have an understanding of that. Um, we, we have explanations. Let me put it that way for things that they did not in ancient times have explanations for. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sit here and say the writers of the Bible were ignorant. I think they were writing out of the I'll, wisdom I'll, of their I'll, time. I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> I th- but I think at the time that was, that was wisdom. You know,
2: but I can, you know, by the way, I can see Shannon uh, walking around the house, drop quoting Proverbs, you know, like.
0: Oh, I, I tell Derek a capable wife who can find all the time because <laughs> yeah. I really need a capable wife in this house, by the way. That would be awesome. Um, although I have stood on plenty of street corners and proclaimed justice. So it's there up in that. the air.
2: There you <laughs> go. There you go. I love it.
0: So Jesus, or So, in John, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. What is the relationship between love and obedience and is obedience an outdated concept when it comes to faith and spirituality today?
2: Ooh, I want to hear what you guys think on this, you know, like, don't you just hear that word obedience and cringe a little?
0: <laughs> Only in marriage vows. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when it comes to parenting, we want the kids to obey. <laughs>
2: I, I, actually I no, I, so I'm not talking about parental. I'm talking <laughs> about like
1: sort of the, you, the, you the God about, relationship. You asked about hearing the word. I'm just telling you instances when I hear the word that I don't cringe. <laughs>
0: um. Okay. So here's what we here's the way that I think we've actually re- replaced the word obedient to make it more palpable today is we've we talk about. We talk about um, being true to ourself or oh. things like that, that is kind of replace this idea of there is an inherent or there is a set of values that we want to follow. Mm-hmm. And that is what obedience is, that there is a value that I want to follow, that I'm obedient towards, whether it's the law, whether it's an understanding, whether it's a philosophy, whether it's a family, whatever it is. And so we now say, you've got to be true to who you are. You've got to be true to yourself or your values or things like that. And Which really- is a high
2: value on autonomy of the self, right? That the self is the, the arbiter of what's morally right. And we we live in a time when external authorities are questioned. So the idea of obedience to the state or the church or God feels like a less... But
1: with the, But with the caveat, I would think of, you know doing no harm to others when you, when when autonomy right. itself causes harm to others then then we got an issue yeah, yeah which yeah. is
0: which is why i don't have a problem in john 14 because of what's going on around john 14 saying right. if you love me you'll keep my commands because right before this is the washing of the feet and serve one another and yeah. love each other the way that i have loved you and if you love me keep my commands like i that kind of obedience, I have no problem with that. That's, right. that's not a problem for me. Yeah,
2: I Right. And I, this question came to my mind because someone uh, sent me a note recently that said, had a line in there, something about, thank you for modeling what obedience looks like in this time. And I just thought, oh, that's not a, it's not a way it's of saying things I more. hear a lot in progressive Christianity. Right. So I just wanted to throw it out there. Like, so,
0: I think it's because obedient because okay let's just go back to the marriage thing right to to love and obey right that line and that uh lifts up this hierarchical understanding of a husband is over a wife and that one is to obey the other and that then we don't we don't like that right like you just said Brian that that implies that there is an authority over right. us so we're having this um these comments are all coming out about what happened on January 6th and mm. who was doing what and how and um and and the idea I think of blind obedience right of just I'll do whatever you tell me to right right um and and this kind of this struggle that we have against um following a leader that at least this is where it gets really tricky, right? Asks you to not think for yourself, ask you to just do what I tell you to do.
2: Right. Right.
0: And that's, that's where we've put this word obedience. And that I don't think is true to what it actually is. It that's, certainly that's, is that's
2: true that's
0: to helpful. what's being implied by Jesus in this moment.
2: Cause I, I hear it and think of this sort of naive, uncritical stand, approach toward, Whatever, however you're using it, uh, certain like you know, don't just think about, you know, don't worry about it, don't think about it, just trust and obey. Exactly. And and to and we me, we have a lot that, of that songs
0: g- that say that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, it's a great song, but it, maybe theologically questionable. But it, but it makes me cringe a little because it, to me, it harkens back maybe to experiences of mine in Christian circles where yes. there was this sort of naivete of, don't think, just just follow the rules.
1: But there's also an element of do what works, right? So back to back to what Shannon was saying preceded that verse and and what the scriptures, you know, say that um, Jesus not just demonstrated but instructed us to do, love your neighbors, as you love yourself, love God with your whole heart, mind and soul. Like do what works. If you do what works, it's gonna work out for you. so so there is there is that. For me, when I when I read that, if you love me, keep my commandments, that's what comes up for me. It's never going to go wrong if you live from love. It's never going to go wrong if you are generous and be in service to others. Like that's that's pretty much how it's going to work out for you. So why question that? So that's what comes up for me. So in terms of straightforward. Oh you know, yes, obedience does have that word, just you know, do, do what I say because I tell you, and no, that shouldn't be followed blindly. Right. And when we figure out the things that work, then let's just do it. You know, I, I, I tell people in my congregation all the time, don't just meditate. Like meditation works. We don't we don't we don't have to question why, we don't have to question how. We know it works. So if you want to experience the benefits of meditation, you got to meditate. Like there's no, there's no work, work around that, that simple concept. So go meditate. There's, there's so, Ogan
2: saying, don't ask questions. Don't ask why just, just, just obey just my command of do. meditate.
0: So <laughs> there you go. Okay. So let me, let me, let me go on a whole thing here for a second. Yeah. So let me talk about Peter in John, right? Peter, the disciple the head of the church, blah, 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 in the gospel of John in this moment. So if you love me, keep my commands. Jesus is just like, this is the way it is. Just do it. That looks like obedience, right? Be, be obedient. He could have said, if you love me, be obedient to what I've taught you. Right. Um, so a chapter before John, uh, John 13, Jesus goes to wash the feet. He's washing the disciples feet. And what does Peter say? no, not me, Lord. You're not going to wash my feet. Like, no, I'll wash your feet. Right. Like I'll, and basically he's like, would you just sit down and let me do this? Like, this is my thing right now. Like be quiet, you know? And and like, Peter's like, okay. And then, you know, they go to the last supper and, and Peter's like, no, this isn't going to happen. And Peter's the one that's like, you're not going to be crucified. That's, That's bull, quit saying that, stop it, you know, whatever. And then we fast forward post-resurrection, John 21,
2: yeah. and we
0: get back to this moment, right? So if you love me, and what is it? The question gets turned around um, on Peter, right? Post-resurrection, John 21, and Jesus walks up to Peter and says, do you love me? Do you and he asked it three times? Do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Then right. And he's driving this point home. Yeah. Do you love me? Then keep my commands. Right. Do you love me? Then serve the people. And so, if that's what I am am kneeling down and being obedient to, then I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not a blind obedience. Jesus has brought Peter along this whole time. Yeah,
2: you know? and it's bound in in relationship and a, an inherent trust in that absolutely. relationship.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I was going to say that's the word, right? Is because there's a passing of the torch in that moment, and there's a remember me in these times, right? That, that all of this biblical language that is used. I mean, the relationship between love and obedience then is trust, right? That's that's the trust.
2: We're back to trust and obey.
0: Trust <laughs> and obey. Oh, I do hate that hymn. Or there's no um.
1: way. And and it's also about to your point, Brian. Relationship based, based in love, not idolatry. Because Peter was seriously getting into some like mm-hmm. idolatry there with the whole like you 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 cannot wash my feet you can't do this i have to do this to you because you are lord right and i don't deserve it to be done to me by by you because you are higher up than i am so there was there was that whole hierarchical thing and that idolatry and that like jesus worship that jesus wasn't asking for and and was explicitly um, um denouncing by doing the most humble of tasks to to his disciples so so when it's when it's grounded in love and comes from a place of love then then absolutely that's that's and and the keep my commandments again those commandments are of love and from love so as long as it's love based to shannon's point yeah let's let's go for it but we can again go all the way back to some 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 sketchy Old Testament commandments and right. go like, yeah, those are not the ones that, that we need to keep.
0: Well, more. and when it comes to this last question, is obedience an outdated concept when it comes to faith and spirituality today? Part, not part, I would say the majority of the reason why we're uncomfortable with it is because our institutional leaders have broken that trust. Yeah. Right? And yep. they've, I mean...
1: Church has not done itself many favors. Over exactly.
0: The and, and you know, I mean, as as a church leader, I have certainly fallen short. And so, yes, that's my responsibility, but it, it's also the congregation's responsibility to kind of not put me on this high pedestal of where I could never do anything wrong, you know? And so constantly- Don't put me
1: on a pedestal. I'm scared of heights.
0: <laughs> constantly having this, this, non you know right like take the blinders off this isn't about blind obedience jesus didn't ask his disciples to blindly obey he he brought them along in this whole process and then said you know hold these tenets to be true in your life and and be obedient to those things the things that are good right the things of god that's that's my sermon
1: (laughs) preach well done
0: Thus ended the lesson. Anyway, one more <laughs> comment about John. John is also the one where Jesus says, "Y'all, right? It's plural. Y'all can do greater things than these." Yeah, like that was also John. So exactly, the Jesus in John is saying, "Like I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you the power. Like I, I bestow it." You, though, have to obedient the way I am obedient to this larger thing, to this larger idea, um, idea, concept to this larger God, right? We're we're all obedient to that. Jesus, by the way, was obedient to that. I don't think that's a stretch at all. Um, anyway, that's a whole nother Peter, thing.
2: I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Now, this thing doesn't have great mileage, but I trust you to not run it off the rails.
0: Exactly, you know?
1: I bet, right. he's re- bet he's regretting that decision, <laughs> but <no. laughs>
0: So I, I, I actually think this is a great, um, this is actually a great thing to talk about after that conversation, right? When you're low on the list to receive a vaccine, how much would you pay or what would you give up to get one immediately? How do you prevent vaccines? How do we prevent vaccines and whether people have them from becoming snitches with stars on their thars sort of scenario. By the way, I totally gave Brian crap for using, evoking this like, (laughs) obscure Dr. Seuss thing.
1: Yes, snitches with stars upon thars. I think it might be the only analogy he's brought up that actually works.
2: (laughs) See, It does work, right? People remember the the Sneeches, the star on and star off machine. At first it was really cool to have stars. And the people without stars were sort of the left out, the outcasts, and then they became cool. So then they had the star off machine. But the, the point is like, we are going to have, we already do have people who are mm-hmm. vaccinated and people who are not. And there's certain a level of, of confidence about not getting the virus. I guess my thinking was in terms of public events, church gatherings, things like that, how do we not create levels of, acceptability or who's welcome based on whether you've been vaccinated
0: but we wait until people have been vaccinated right there's that
1: (laughs) but But, you know some will choose not
2: to and do you post a not no vaccines not welcome sign
0: so have you wait wait have you gotten any information from your from your denomination on this from your larger church stuff because we have
2: well, we're very uh, congregational, so the UCC
1: doesn't like to tell anyone what to do. It's...
0: Well, we've gotten recommendations, right? Yes, so, oh, and
1: yes. and, and we're, we're we're unity. Nobody tells anybody what to do, and even <laughs> right. if they did, we wouldn't do it. Right.
0: So, so <laughs> w- this is a medical. It's a medical issue. Right. So you actually exactly. we can't technically ask people whether or not they've done this. Now, there's a little bit of. Of, a, of ambiguity about staff people, right? right. Because um, we also run a school and so we can mandate that they, you know, do certain, like they get vaccinated because of the health of the school. Like it's weird, it's a weird thing. So mm-hmm. um, put that aside for a second though, right? I'm not going to bar the church doors. So we've actually, we've gotten a, a recommendation that we ask people that it is not mandatory, obviously, um, but that we ask people to let us know whether or not they've received the vaccine, which of course where I am, people are clamoring to tell me like when their appointment is and yeah. what's happening. And they email me like, oh, we're getting it on Friday and blah, blah, blah. So like, I, I don't really have a problem with that, but it That's and so the question is when we get to a 70 of over 70 percent of the congregation vaccinated, that will help us make the decision. Now it's safe to go back to worship, right? Because if somebody walks in, we have right, we have 70 to 85 percent of the people covered, kind of thing, right? Yeah, um, so now that being said. I think at some point we are going to get to, uh, I I don't know what. Let me stop before I say that. I don't want to <laughs> say that yet. I want to say it, but I don't want to say it yet. What do you guys think?
2: Post well, post mean, show. <laughs> oh, no, I cut Ogan off, so I'll let Ogan go. I well,
1: no, I think I think again. This is going to come down to everyone has to mitigate the risk for themselves, right? Because because we know people are going to get the vaccine. We know people are not going to get the vaccine. And i think the best we can do is is again hopefully trust that people will trust the science so we know even though you get the vaccine like we're still saying uh, wear wear a mask like be act, you have the vaccine but kind of act as if you haven't had the vaccine for a whole variety of, of reasons Like we still because we are so young into this coronavirus and the vaccination of the coronavirus, we don't know if we're like we're we're, you know, like other vaccines vaccinated for life. I got a polio vaccine. I ain't never going to catch polio. I don't know if that's the case with coronavirus. We don't know. So I think the best we can do is simply say in church context to our parishioners, there's especially in the early stages of coming back together. Folks, we know some of us are going to have the vaccine. Some of us are not. If you love your brothers and sisters and you know you haven't gotten the vaccine, please put a mask on, right, to protect yourself and other potentially vulnerable people who've not yet had this vaccine. I don't think until we get to a place where we can say nationally, Like there's enough people vaccinated that we kind of either reach that herd immunity or the coronavirus has kind of been like just basically stamped out that we can say, All right, everybody mask off, let's party. But again, we still gotta we still gotta trust people. And there will always be people who are not going to love their brothers themselves and we're gonna we're gonna be running that risk, so I, I I don't know that there's a there's a win here. There's a we can do the best that we can do. So
2: how worried are either of you about the percentages of people choosing not to be vaccinated because of? anti-science thinking misinformation whatever being high enough that we never as a society as a country get to that 70 plus percent threshold that we really need to to sort of be over the hump and you know trust that we can sort of as a society go back to i
1: i'm i'm not too worried about it because i think as time goes on and people see the the effectiveness of the vaccine, mm-hmm. and that you know, in ter- fingers crossed, in terms of like side effects and the downsides of getting the vaccine, pale in comparison. So already, as you know, as as people are getting shots in the arm right now, we're and and they've really people have gone back to kind of hopefully doing a better job of sheltering since the like the holiday surge. Mm-hmm. Like we're seeing cases drop in. The deaths haven't dropped yet because they're still catching up from the holiday surge, but we're seeing cases fall in. And those cases will continue to fall as more and more people get vaccinated. And I think as more and more people get vaccinated, cases continue to fall. And those people who get vaccinated don't like grow a third arm or like keel over dead and all the other crazy stuff that people say are going to happen as a result of getting the vaccine that yes more and more people will be like okay this 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 works this is okay i'm you know my cousin and my brother and my sister and my aunt and my uncle got the vaccine and they're okay and they can go out and enjoy life like they used to okay i feel it's gonna be okay for me to get it too so so i think initially there's gonna be still a lot of wait and see but i think eventually that will that will catch up and most people will will get it. I'm not I'm not worried. There will always be that that you know, that niche who so, anti-vaxxer niche who were like I, no. I much.
0: actually think that there's a small percentage of the population who are anti-vaxxers. Like I I think that it's yeah. a very loud voice yep. who are a very small group of people.
2: Don't you think it's grown, uh under the sort of anti science
0: here's the thing. I think that there are a lot of people of
1: the who are talking Party.
0: about it, but that then when it came time their turn to get the vaccine, they got it.
1: I'll use my mother as an example who okay. you know, bless her heart, you know, she was all up in a lot of the conspiracies around COVID. You know. Right. Like like, you know, it was created by the Chinese to dominate the world's economy. And I'm like, Mom, they already dominate the world's economy. They didn't need a they didn't need a, a virus. You know, and she's got, she's like got all the reasons why taking this vaccine is a bad idea, and she's got all the conspiracies and she's running with these. So she's telling me all, a few weeks ago, she's telling me all these things, like just going on and on and on, and I say to her, well, I hope that when you have the opportunity, you take it because i like to be, i like you to be around for a lot longer. She goes, oh, of course, I'll be the first in line to take it. Right? right. After all of that right. <laughs> you know, right. mess, she's like, of course, I've right. taken it. And I think when it comes down to it, that's going to be the majority of people. We're going to have so, our doubts. We're going to, we're going to, hope s- you're right. we're going to, we're going to dig into all, all the reasons. So I just Googled why, it. Yeah. Go ahead. I just
0: Googled it. This is from January 14th of Of um, last year, this is just about anti vaxxers in general, not about the COVID virus, right? So, the 11%, 11% of people think vaccinations cause more harm than they prevent. So, I I don't know, but I'll take those odds, right? So, that's 89% of people getting vaccinated. And that was before the whole world shut down from a virus.
1: And no. I think there's going to be enough pressure from family members to other family members that are going to be like, "You know what?
0: So so let don't, me Don't
1: sh- don't show up to the family gathering if you don't get vaccinated." Just don't. Um, go- oh, you think yeah,
0: so? Yeah, that's oh, what's
1: absolutely. Happening. So what's it's
0: okay at family but not
2: family. at church to say that.
0: What's happening in my family is if you want to see your grandchildren, you'll get the vaccine. Yeah. That's what's happening in my family. Yeah.
2: Ooh, yeah. I can I borrow that? It yeah. not go well in my family.
0: Well, but but it's your children. You have the right to, whether or not they see their grandparents, if you want to see your grandkids, this is what has to happen. So hypothetically,
2: hypothetically, let's say 50% of society decided not to get vaccinated, which held us in this current limbo of living in a pandemic for 24 months longer than needed. How would you feel about those people?
0: So, and this is where I think, this is why I think this won't happen as well, Right. I,
1: troublemaker <laughs>
0: no but this is where so this is where brian your comparison like i don't want anybody to wear scarlet letters right i don't want anybody to have stars on their chest i don't want any yeah, that's like, where
2: i'm trying to get right like if people actively held back our society out of their but, ignorance but like the
0: things i just named were labeled on people for something that wasn't wrong for something that actively wasn't wrong right the pink triangle the, all of those symbols, what I actually think this is where peer pressure is a good thing or where, you know, parents, um, or where I, I, as a daughter can look at the next generation and say, this is the deal. Like we're keeping everybody safe and I will not be responsible for you getting sick. So if you want to see your kids, this is what has
1: I, to happen. I, I think I think that, yes, there are many things in this society that divide us down that 50-50 split. Um, I didn't ever in my wildest imagination think a fake billionaire from New York would be that, but but he was. I don't think the vaccine is going to be that because this virus is agnostic. It has touched everyone yep. regardless of whether, whether you believed uh the the spin or not whether you wanted to wear a mask or not whether you believe your barbershop or your local favorite restaurant should be open or not yeah it like there's nobody at this point who either hasn't been personally affected or know people who have so right so I think we're gonna get to that point where people realize that yes in order for us to continue living as normal even if it's normally divided, Right. we're going to all have to do this this one thing. So
0: here's what we can't do in church, right? We or what I won't do. I won't stand at the door and say show me your vaccination records. Right. But they can do that before you walk on a plane yes. at some point and they should, right? And and that will be the thing. So do you want to travel again? Then this is what has to happen. You know, do you do you want to continue to live your life? And I think yeah. at some point People will just want that. Yes. And and that's that's kind of the way it'll be. Now, the other side of that is a lot of these anti-vaxxer people um are talking about their kids, right? This causes autism or this, you know, something that is not based in science, but they've made up and yeah. has been spread. Well, we're not vaccinating kids yet. So right. this is about adults, this is fully formed, you know, people. So I, I think that number will be even lower.
2: So another question, what about the church requiring, let's say someone working with children in a nursery or a youth ministry setting to be vaccinated, not requiring the children or attendees, as you just said, we're not there yet, but what about requiring employees who are going to be dealing with the the public, particularly younger, or you may say older I'm, people. I'm
0: actually honest to God, Brian, I'm trying to figure out if, if um, this is a legal requirement that we can do because I, I do think that's okay.
1: That's But I don't legit, know whether
0: right? that's legal or not.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, but isn't it just like, don't you have the right as a private institution to say, we're just making this a requirement for our staff?
0: Um, I don't or, know. Or volunteers. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So what I do know, I, cause we talked about this on the preschool side, cause just cause they're, meeting in person right now like in the church is not. Yeah. Um they they ask for vaccination records of the children that come in. Yep. But they are also required to take children if they have an exemption from getting vaccinated. They're they're still required to take them.
1: Right. Of course. So there's, there's- right, but that that again, there's got to be a proven legit exemption. You just can't roll up and say my child's never been vaccinated because I don't believe in vaccines. Like you have to, you know what I'm saying? yeah, even, but those even... are
0: easier to get than you want them to be They're,
1: well, They no, no. are, well, no, no, I, I understand religious I under-
0: reasons is all you have to say. no, now here's I, okay. I get that. Here's the terrible thing I shouldn't say in public. This is where I'm really hoping the fact that we're religious institutions could help us because we have special rules about religious institutions, right? Yes,
2: that's what I'm saying. We
0: can do all kinds of things and we can not provide birth control and we can not whatever. Well, maybe we can use that same clause to say we're requiring a vaccine. So I, I don't know. I don't know legally if we can do that. We're looking into it. So, but- Ethically, do I think that's the responsible thing for us to do? Of course. Yes, it is. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, Ogan, while you were gone, I was asking about yes, uh, people volunteering, like in a nursery setting, or working volunteers working with, yeah, with you know, on behalf of the church in any setting. Is is it no, I, to I, require I them that. to be vaccinated? I, no.
1: I, I heard that, and and I I agree, yes, because again, let's come back to the to the question of are are we there in service? to love one another. Right. And, and, and how does that look? And, you know, in my personal perspective, putting another person at risk is not demonstrating love. Right. So if I'm going to be in a place that is uh, set up and created to be a, a place of love and service, right, I'm going to do all I can and require the people who work for me to, to be in a place where, they protect the parishioners who come through the door, you know, now, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting church in a couple of months, so I ain't got to deal with this. So <laughs> good luck. Good luck to the two of y'all. But, but if I, if I were, that would be, that would be what I, I push for. I may be voted, my board may say it differently, but that's what I, that's what I would say. You, you, you know, yep volunteers and staff you are you are with people who are going to be vulnerable and we can't take it for granted that they have gotten the vaccine for any particular reason so we got to take the, we got to take the responsibility to help protect them we did this yeah. by closing the church doors you know right. why would we not do this by taking the vaccine exactly. and if you don't want to take the vaccine then i'm okay to say then There's the door. This, this this is not for you right now
0: now we are protected. I w- like kind of the last word for me is w- one of the other things that came down from our denomination was um, I'm um, I'm one of the younger people within our congregation, which is not surprising um, given the way the state of church is right now, and um, I am I am not required to go back until I have been vaccinated and my antibodies or whatever. And if I choose to, that has to be I have to give a written statement that I'm okay with it um and and I can't receive consequences for that, right? Now at some point, if I'm holding my church hostage going refusing to get that and also refusing to come back in person, like that's going to cause problems and that's going to be an issue. So I, I don't think I, I don't know a lot of pastors that are going to do that. you know, in fact, we're clamoring to get ours, but there's a lot of us, especially my age and and younger who are saying, I know I'm ready, but I'm going to wait a couple weeks because we got a lot of personers who still need this. And if I see an open, open slot, I'm calling them up and saying, get like, do you want me to put your name in, you know? And so we're, we're working in that system. And that to me is the responsible thing to do, you know, right now.
2: So my last word would be, uh, if there is a fear of not enough people wanting to get the vaccine, we include a star tattoo with the vaccine and just make it really cool to have the star.
0: I don't think we need that official thing.
2: I was trying to bring it back to the speeches.
0: <laughs> Although,
2: trying best.
0: I mean, here's, you know, that's the thing, right? Is that it's not like the mask. This is what, you know, kind of the last thing. It's not like the mask, right? My vaccine doesn't protect you. It really only protects me, and so and it's not if as you visible. Not to get it,
2: the mask or, is and visible. it's not visible,
0: right? The Mask is visible, but like I'm, I'm happy to get my vaccine. But like it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't even 100 of protect me. But it majority protects me. But like it only protects me. So you know, we got to keep that in mind too for other for people that choose not to get it. But yeah. I still don't know that I could live with myself if we open back up and people the, got it. You know,
1: this directly addresses our American mindset of me over we. If if we if we were a culture that valued we over me, we wouldn't be having this discussion right now. So, you know, and, and until that shifts, and I don't know that it ever will in our lifetimes. Fingers crossed, all the prayers, but you know you know, we, yeah, we we, we got to come up with these inane rules be, because that's, that's the mindset. Yep. And even in churches, you think churches will be a place that values we over me. And it kind of theoretically does. And, you know, sometimes not so much as we've all <laughs> discovered in our years being, being pastors, right?
2: Right. Right. Well, thank you friends for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to extended interviews with special guests and uh, pre and post show banter. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And of course, a big thank you to our current patrons. Connect and spread the word on social media using hashtag PTLive. and you can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google podcasts. You can watch us live Tuesdays around 430 on Facebook. And if you'd like to start a pub theology, conversation group on your own a lot of these are happening around the country via zoom you can find uh, instructions on how to do that at pubtheology.com so until next time friends drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing how's the weather out there do you guys have a lot of snow
0: we have about a foot that's a lot Yeah. yeah
2: i mean we talked what did we talk last week and you were you were drinking oh, accumulation like an an and you had like 0. 0.2 of a of an inch <laughs>
0: yeah. no i know i was like damn it i should have drank my accumulation this week but i would have right, drank yeah. it all by now because i've been going through the beer <laughs> there
2: you go i'm about to by the way oh I, got a fr- I was staring at a fridge full of beer all january and still did not have one mm-hmm. but now i think there i'm just doing can. this for bragging rights
1: i swear to god i don't understand <laughs>
2: look it was good for me to do it honestly like i could, i don't think i've gone that long of a stretch without alcohol like i can't even remember the last time so that it was due
1: well i mean i was proving I, something to me is what i was trying to do like i said bragging rights Fine, <laughs>
2: fair fine <coughs> i gotta go do dinner because i got a seven o'clock. yeah i gotta get dinner yeah, till i, I got a seven do. o'clock as well but great to catch up with you all Yay. bye everybody
0: i'll see you next week
2: we'll see you